Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Ashley Bastock, once again joined by Mary Kay Cabot and Dan Lobby, who are still at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. We're wrapping up the third day of practice. I think, guys, I'm, I'm already kind of losing track of the days there. I'm not even down there yet. But what I do know is the big news of the day was the D and Jimmy Haslam uh, annual press conference that we usually get during training camp. So let's just start as basic as we can, guys. What Mary Kay, what was your biggest takeaway from today's presser? Um, my biggest takeaway with the ha- with the Haslams was, um, I would say, you know what? I- I'm probably going to start with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it just seemed like uh, they are so high on their $230 million investment. They really appreciated the things that he said during his press conference uh, yesterday and the way that he addressed the team. And they are very, very excited about Deshaun. And that's what this is all about. I mean, it, it all comes down to him. If Deshaun Watson can lead this team and can be the quarterback that they purchased for $230 million and gave up three draft picks to get, then it all goes the way that it's supposed to go. If that doesn't happen, then they're back to square one. So that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah, Dan, I thought it was interesting that there was almost like this this kind of acknowledgement from Jimmy Haslam about the Watson era, quote unquote, beginning this season, because obviously last year he only played in the final six games. There was kind of an, un, you know, an uneven performance from him along the way there. We all know like about that, that he had to shake off the rust. So um, I just thought that was really interesting in there. And I felt like that's the first time somebody just came out and said it. I feel like maybe some people have hinted at it. And it does feel like this. I mean, we've talked about how this camp feels so different um, because we know Deshaun is the guy and everybody seems to just feel better knowing Deshaun is, is the guy from week one. But there is, a, you know, to hear Jimmy kind of admit that and, and just say, yes, this is sort of the first official year with Deshaun Watson, I, I did think was interesting now. Um, I, I don't think that lowers the expectation any because when you give up three first round picks and you pay a guy, you don't, and you know, he's 27 years old. You don't bring him in thinking it's going to take two or three years for him to get going. You're bringing him in to win now. So I don't think it changes the expectations for this season, but I do think it softens a little bit. If you decide to look at it through that lens, it softens kind of what happened last year and, and, it kind of throws that seven and 10 record out the window. Like, Hey, forget about that. That doesn't count. This is kind of what counts this year. Yeah. Mary Kay, I think that also kind of ties into a larger theme that they also kind of got it. I know you asked Jimmy Haslam about this at the owners meetings too, about, you know, this idea of the expectations surrounding the team and just kind of like his unwillingness to put like a hard goal on really anybody. So I thought it was really interesting to just kind of hear him reaffirm that sort of across the board today too. Yeah, he definitely did that. And and that's exactly uh, what, what we expected because, you know, like you said, I asked him that in March and he was not about to give Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry or anybody an ultimatum. He's done that before. I asked him a number of years ago, you know, would you blow anything up after the season? I think was the terminology. And he was like, I'm not going to blow things up. And then he blew things up. And, you know, he still really hasn't lived that down. He's never made a bold proclamation since that time. I knew he wasn't going to do it again today. Um, but the implied expectation is playoffs and not just playoffs, but win some playoff games, show that this team is on the right track, show that Deshaun Watson can go out there and maybe beat Lamar Jackson or, or Joe Burrow enough to make it to the playoffs and win the AFC North and 
give Josh Allen a run for his money and go head to head with Patrick Mahomes. That's the expectation. That's why you put your fan base through a player who was very con- controversial and uh, that a lot of people, you know, had a problem with and some still do. Yeah, Dan, to kind of go back to that, I wanted to circle back to this point that you kind of made yesterday about yesterday's availability with Deshaun Watson, Andrew Berry kind of feel like the quote unquote moving on press conferences and kind of leaving um, everything and all the baggage that Deshaun Watson came into Cleveland with in the past. And it felt like kind of a continuation of that to me from hearing the Haslam's talk today as well. Yeah, I, I think it probably was a little bit of that. And again, it felt, you know, they did talk about Deshaun and, and some of his growth off the field, and they did get a little bit into sort of how far they, they feel like he's come since last year. But it really was about kind of football. And I think the one thing that really stood out just in that regard, and, you know, I asked them about this, got a one-word answer in response, but whatever. Um, you know, if you think about it, like, they have a fourth-year GM. They have a fourth-year head coach. They have a franchise quarterback. Like, everything they've wanted since they bought the team in 2012 is in place. They have stability. They've got a quarterback. Like, it is kind of go time. But also, like, this, they have to feel better about this team and this organization than they ever have. Because it's just been, even though so, you know, almost all of it was of their own making, it's just been so chaotic since the day they took over. And the last few years haven't. Well, I shouldn't say they haven't been like that, but now you're sort of at a point where you haven't been changing coaches every year and you haven't been, you know, you're not going to have to change your quarterback again, you don't think, for a long time. So I think just for them, they have to be able to take a step back and and just take a sigh of relief and be like, all right, now it really is about how can we start winning and just how big can we win? All right, Dan, what was your another takeaway that we have from this media availability? Should we talk about the stadium? I think we're going to talk about it either before the break or when we come back from the break. So we might as well get it out of the way now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is going to be such a big issue until there's resolution. And I think it's going to be really tricky. Um, This is just a really difficult time for them to go to the city and the county and the state and ask for money. And we know how hard it's been for lakefront development. And, you know, the whole land bridge thing getting taken out of the state budget uh, was obviously a blow to that, like, so many people have tried to do lakefront development and it hasn't happened. So um, the cynic in me says, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but the optimist in me says, if it ever is, it's going to be built around a Brown stadium and two super rich owners. So maybe there's a chance, but like, I I mean, this is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to get the money they want. You know, a renovation is going to be close to a billion dollars or more. A new stadium is probably going to be, it's going to be well over a billion dollars. So it's just a reminder that this is going to be a fight from all sorts. So I don't know. I don't know how this resolves itself and how quickly it goes, because I think even though they cited Columbus and the new soccer stadium down there, I think this could be a hundred times more difficult than that, just because the price tag is going to be so much more. And frankly, I mean, the city of Cleveland right now isn't in a super great place. Yeah, Mary Kay, I think from reading those quotes overall, like my biggest takeaways were like the lakefront in general is still a big part of this, but so much is still in flux with money and things like that. And they they stressed over and over again how complicated things like this are. That that just seems to be the overarching thought around anything to do with the future of the stadium in my mind. 
Yeah, the thing that stood out to me about their stadium talk was it was the first time I really heard some waffling on whether or not the stadium is going to remain on the lakefront. I mean, that's the part to me uh, that was the most surprising part of it, because even as recently as the owners meeting, it was like, nope, we're staying put. It's the best place to be. That's what the studies show. That's what we're going to do. And there was a departure from that today. And I, I just thought that that was very interesting and illuminating. And I'm sure some of that uh, is because of the recent things that have happened with the land bridge and whatnot. They did emphasize and overemphasize that lakefront development is crucial uh, to the development of Cleveland. I think the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland is extremely lucky to have billionaire owners like the Haslam's who want to see this city turn into something great. They have a vision for this city, and I think they're very motivated to get something done. And they've really tried to put it in the hands of the city and the county and the state, but they are helping to drive this bus. And I think that they're going to do everything in their power uh, to see to it uh, that Cleveland is a city, uh, that the residents of Cleveland and the citizens of Cleveland can be enormously proud of, and then, uh, you know, and then hopefully in the process, uh, they, you know, they get some kind of a new stadium. Now, the, you know, the sort of the sound bite that got pulled out of there a little bit was we are keeping the team in Northeast Ohio. And even though that might go without saying, you know, I mean, when it is said, it, you know, it, it does become a little bit of a, you know, of a, a lightning rod or a little headline. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's significant. But let's, I'll, I'll just follow that up real quick, Ashley. And this could be reading too much into it, but Northeast Ohio is big. Dan, I'm not saying they're going to move to a break. Like I'm not that. saying they're going to move to Richfield or something, but I'm just yeah. saying North, Northeast Ohio is, is big. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're right. You're right, Dan. And, and again, that goes along with all of a sudden today with They were like, well, yeah, we'd like it to stay on the lakefront, but we don't know. I'm like, what? So yeah, I, I don't know where. This is all going right now. Yeah. But like I said, at least Cleveland has, uh, you know, billionaire owners that want the city and the team to be great. Yeah, I mean, even Mary Kay, for me to hear you say you can't make a prediction on where this is all going. That's like, wow, for me, even almost as much as any has considering everything you've covered uh, with this team and, and when it first moved and everything. So um, I definitely think there was a lot there. Dan had a story about it. So you guys can go on the site. Um, and check that out for all the quotes and everything. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll kind of wrap up the Haslam's presser and also a bit of news that Mary Kay got on the player front today. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Ashley Bassock here with Mary Kay Cabot and Dan Lobby. We just got done with some of the takeaways from the Haslam press conference, but I think maybe the biggest topic, which Mary Kay, I know you put a story up about uh, just before we got on here to record, is Kevin Stefanski, and that kind of ties into this whole idea that we talked about earlier with expectations for the team. But um, once again, I thought it was kind of an interesting day with in terms of what they had to say uh, about the head coach. Yeah, you know what? It was definitely, you know, another vote of confidence. And I think uh, they don't just like the fact that Kevin Stefanski uh, can call a game or run an offense. What they like about him is that he is a leader of men. They like the fact that he is a CEO coach. 
And one of the reasons they feel good about moving forward with him and they believe that he is the right man for the job is because they supported him with a new defensive coordinator and a new special teams coordinator. And they feel like now they've got all three areas of the football team in really good hands. Uh, so I, you know, I think they really do feel good about Kevin. He doesn't have to worry about the defense this year. He doesn't have to worry about the special teams this year. So I think that regardless of what happens this season, I think they will do everything in their power to keep him around as the head coach of this football team. If there's anything that they can possibly do about it. And the only reason that won't happen is if it completely goes off the rails. Other than that, I think they still love this guy. Yeah, Dan, that was going to kind of be my follow-up question to you. Like, what would Kevin Stefanski, you think, at this point, from hearing everything the Haslam's have to say um, about him and just that other, the, another vote of confidence, I should say, like, what would it look like in your mind if they were to say at the end of the 2023 season, hey, we're going in a different direction here? I, I mean, Mary Kay said it best, if things just go off the rails. And, and there could be varying degrees of going off the rails, like, there could be a scenario where seven and 10 or eight, and nine, like if it's maybe it's still not great. And, you know, Deshaun Watson is a big part of this. If he doesn't feel like this is going the direction he wants it to go, I think that's a big piece of, of this decision-making process because he's, like I said, he's the guy, he's your quarterback. So his opinion matters a lot more than, than some other opinions. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I always keep in mind in July when we talk about this stuff is it's really easy in the off season. It's really easy in training camp to say, yeah, we'll be patient. And yeah, like we feel good about everything, but also when you start to get into December and things just don't feel right. Like last year, for example, right? No, none of us thought Kevin was going to get fired, but didn't it feel like if you just kind of took a step back as things were kind of falling apart there at the end, like, maybe there is a scenario where this could happen, even if it's like a 1% chance. So when you're actually in the season and losses are happening and bad performances are happening, it can change your perspective quickly. So it's just easier to say we feel good about this guy now than it is in December. But I do agree. I think it would take a pretty bad year. Like if they go, I saw a projection that had them going 10 and seven and finishing fourth place. Yeah. Are you firing Kevin Stefanski if they go 10 and seven and, and finish in fourth place. I, I don't know. That would be a really tough sell. Yeah. Um, Mary Kay too. I mean, I think it's always just interesting and I know you've tried to get at this with them before and you've talked about, you know, Jimmy Haslam and, and the patience aspect of everything. Like this is the most stability I think arguably that they've had, you know, not just with Kevin Stefanski um, entering his fourth year now, but with Andrew Barry as well, like it just seems a lot more stable than it has in the past. So um, it was kind of interesting to hear them talk about that aspect of things too. I thought, well, you know what, though? The thing about stability is that it's stable until it's not. Right. And, and what we don't know is, you know, I really don't think that Jimmy Haslam is that patient of a man, even though supposedly he has grown more patient. I don't know if I really 100% believe that. I don't think uh, that he's going to be very patient if they're paying double-digit millions to Amari, Miles, Denzel, Nick, Deshaun, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of guys on this team, the guards, making a ton of money. And with everything that, like like we talked about before, that they put their fan base through uh, in taking this leap of faith in, and believing in Deshaun Watson, um, I just don't know uh, that he's going to have a ton of patience if this team is not pretty successful 
pretty soon. Uh, so they're stable for right now, but you know we'll have to see how they feel about everything uh, and see how the season plays out. All right, so that was the Haslam press conference wrap-up. Um, but Mary Kay, before the Haslam's talk this afternoon in the morning, uh, you got a little piece of news from Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. So what's the latest on him and that foot injury we know he dealt with at the end of last season? Yeah, you know, I, I you know, kept thinking and hearing, you know, that it's a mid-foot sprain, mid-foot sprain. Mid- well, when you have a mid-foot sprain, quite often that is the dreaded Liz Frank foot injury. And that usually includes, uh, you know, some possible broken bones or, you know, some, you know, damaged ligaments and things like that. And it can be a very difficult injury to come back from. Now, there are degrees of severity of a Liz Frank injury. Some take a couple of months to come back from. Some take, take up to a year to come back from. Some require a surgery and some you can have a choice. And of course, we know JOK. He is very holistic. He is a natural healing kind of guy. And he doesn't like to undergo surgeries and all the kinds of things that he might have had to do. So when given the option, he chose to try to heal this naturally. But he's on the field right now. And, and that's great. You know, that, that's really key that he's, he's out there and he's practicing. Uh, and he's worked very, very hard. There's all different kinds of modalities now that you can do. Guys come back from these injuries so much faster than they used to. Um, and so he's done everything possible to get back on the field. And he's out there right now. But Kevin Stefanski made it very clear. Health is vitally important for, for JOK. They need him to be out there and they need him to be healthy. All right, there you go. That is the latest from the Greenbrier day three of training camp. There is another practice on Tuesday before the only off day that the players have on Wednesday. Dan, your final practice that you'll see at the Greenbrier before we and you switch off here and he'll be back hosting the podcast. So be sure to head to cleveland.com slash Browns to check out all of Mary Kay and Dan's reporting from down at the Greenbrier over the last few days. While you're there, click the blue banner at the top of the page, become a Football Insider subscriber. You'll get a newsletter written by one of us every morning. You'll get texts from us, um, all stuff that you'll see probably before you see it anywhere else, quite honestly. Now's the time to consider doing that. Also, head over to YouTube, search for Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com over there. Check out shorts, uh, the stand-ups that Dana and Mary Kay have been doing. We still are bringing those to you. Uh, so lots of content in lots of various forms of media that you can check out, whatever you're feeling that day. So Mary Kay and Dan, I will talk to you guys after practice number four tomorrow. <laughs>